From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau file reports, make recommendations, and try to survive on the water that drips from the boiler pipes into their open mouths as they sleep in the back room on a bed of top matrix printer paper. And chewing five-year diaries to stay, I want to say hydrated, that's the wrong word, regardless One day, maybe we'll escape from this city hall basement, but until that day comes, the city's not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. And this meeting is now in session. Nourished, that's the word, not hydrated, nourished. Hello, you seem to be a little out of practice. I'm a little, I feel a little uh, dehydrated or uh, malnourished, one of the two. Right, but that's okay. It's it's the it's the occasional like burst of ineptitude and absent-mindedness that really sets our intros apart from other intros. Exactly. Like if we were too slick and perfect, people wouldn't believe it was us. They think it was all being done by an AI. Exactly. They'd think a giant supercomputer was in the basement or the sub sub basement of City Hall. making all these recommendations and generating fake conversations between two aspects of itself. All right. Should we start the meeting by having like an attendance oh. or something? Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, let's do some attendance. Uh, first attendee, uh, Ockney Pladen. Uh, Ockney. No, I don't see an Ockney Pladen. No. Oh, really? Oh Sorry. man. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I was hoping Ockney would be here. Because, I mean, if you thought that, like, Klaus Kinski was your favorite over-the-top Teutonic actor of the yeah. 20th century, you don't know Ockney Pledden. Uh, they're, actually, they're from Austria, born in 1920. Uh, and Pledden burst onto the Berlin avant-garde theater scene at the age of eight, insisting that he was uh, in his mid-30s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did and, he look I mean, particularly old or? No, no. He just had a fake mustache made out of a, a bit of a broom that he had uh, stolen. Uh, it was the only other thing he brought to to Berlin with him was, oh, wow. uh, was his fake mustache and uh, a few um, kroner in his pocket. It's weird. Kroner is not even a German currency, uh, but there, there you go. Uh, anyway, apparently he was, not everybody believed him, but he was so committed that uh Theater managers, landlords, filmmakers uh, were willing to entertain him. Uh, F.W. Murnau actually made a number of short films centered around a persona. Uh, they called it, um, it, you might know it actually, it was a series of short films called Gesichten de Kleines Geschäftsmenes, which, no, uh, no it means uh, the Tiny Businessman Chronicles. Uh, no. In which uh, Pledden would sort of act, you know, act out the the role of an everyman, but usually go into like an expressionistic, like homicidal rage at the end. That was a shtick. Anyway, they're a massive hit, and uh, Pledden actually on a dare uh, drank what they call a Riesiger Eimer of uh, tincture of laudanum, which is just a big bucket of the stuff, and uh, he kind of drifted off. And I mean, he's apparently he's still asleep in a hospital to this day. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, Soon to celebrate his 103rd birthday. Well, not really celebrate so much as he's going to sleep through another one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. He might, might get uh, to 105, 106. We're all rooting for Ockney Pledden. 
and his career cut short so cruel. You know, if you were to wake up now, though, I, that sounds like exactly the type of cinema that we're just like waiting for right now. It is. I th- I, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. Um, uh, are the John Wick movies like remakes of these? Uh, actually, yes. That was that was actually one of the things. The Tiny Businessman Chronicles is a, was actually remade as John Wick. Uh, they just added the dog right. uh, aspect. Right. Um, other because apparently it didn't test well to have Keanu Reeves just start murdering people for no reason. Right. So they had to add in the dog thing. Yeah. So anyway, um, remakes are always worse than the originals. Way they watered down the intent. I know. I know. Give me, give me the tiny businessman chronicles any day. Um, hold on. You know, I feel okay. I feel a little embarrassed. I, uh, I, I really thought Acne might show up, but. Uh, it turns out I just uh, mixed up the letters in the name of the guest. Um, oh. Or the should be uh, Paul Duchenne. Oh, I'm here. Yeah, oh. that's me. Okay, that's yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. And uh, okay, so you're present. Uh, second attendee, uh, AI Rogan Man. No, I don't think we have one of those here. No, that that is exactly what it sounds like. That's a that's an artificial intelligence that has been trained on Joe Rogan podcasts. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. Apparently, be. is it super popular? Uh, no, they sent it here because uh, nobody okay. else will put up with it. It just keeps on. I mean, you try to get like answers out of it, and it just like obviously seems to be smoking weed somehow, right? right. And uh, recommending supplements. I'm worried, like because the the show that we do mm-hmm. uh, could is probably the least Joe Rogan podcast that's ever existed right so well, is I this think, like is this a hint from cjtr that we need some more joe rogan energy i'm i'm not sure either that or they want the joe rogan ai to be trained to, in, to have the data set of the queen city improvement bureau oh to improve the joe rogan ai right. i get which it, is right. which is what we do yeah they yeah. they've decided that we're not really good at improving anything in the city so maybe we could be put to use elsewhere improving joe rogan Improving, improving, uh, yes, a Joe Rogan bot, which might actually be Joe Rogan. We don't know for sure. Right. Um, you know, one of the things apparently they've trained it to do yeah. from listening to our podcasts is to make uh, hilariously inept attendance bits. Oh, really? Yes, actually, this actually, that attendance bit was actually generated by AI Rogan Man. And I'm supposed to say now that, this is a little awkward because I've actually just mixed up the letters. And if you, yeah, Rogan man is, should be Aiden Morgan. Oh yeah. That's you. That's me. Well, it did a yeah. pretty good job. Hey, just, it did. It did yeah. a really good job. Yeah. I think uh, any, any day now, AI Rogan man could uh, take over both our jobs here. If we ever need a holiday, an extended mm-hmm. break, we could uh, just turn it on, walk yep, away, and l- let it run for, you know, a year or more. Yeah. Nobody would notice. Yeah. Except for the supplement advertising, CJTR might get upset. Right. Yeah, that might be a problem. That was one of the things they told us when we started no supplement advertising. <laughs> Just must be approved by Health Canada and also don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Paul, quit talking about gold. <laughs> right. Anywho. Yeah. So that's that's our attendance. Do we have quorum? We do not. I'm sorry. What a... Man, what a bummer. But yeah. I think we should carry on 
All right. Well, we have been on sort of an accidental hiatus here for a few weeks. Weird. And uh, we missed, while that was going on, uh, once again, the whole of the Queen City just just friggin' exploded and nearly fell apart. This is what happens when we take time off. Everything goes everything goes to crap. Yeah, exactly. And and some of the things up there that the city is like exploding over, some of them have been things that have been like in the works for a long time. Some of them are things that I think the city has lost its collective stuff over before, just yeah. now in a different form. Yeah. Um I kind of hope that they decide to like tear down the Safeway in Cathedral just for fun. Just, right. Old time's sake. Yeah. Just for like some good old fashioned outrage. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, this seems to be just repeating itself in, in thoroughly unpleasant ways because the city is doing pretty unpleasant stuff. So it it really, really is. But hilariously unpleasant. Hilariously so. Well, I wanted to, uh, I thought we should start by talking about one of those unpleasantries. This came up um, two weeks ago from when we were recording. The city council had their meeting about the Catalyst projects. So many people signed up to speak that that it actually ended up taking two days to get through everything. So they had an entire council meeting from like, uh, it started at the usual time, one o'clock. And by the time all of the press and everybody rolled out of the building. It was getting close to like 1130 kind of thing at night. So it was a monster meeting again. And that was just to get through the delegations. They also had like, they had the beginning of a regular council meeting. So they had the beginning of this meeting was just regular council meeting. And then they started all these delegations and there were a ton. Uh, We will talk about the catalyst stuff in a second here, but just on top of everything that was going on with the catalyst committee uh, recommendations, a big piece of news dropped during this meeting. And it was that the folk festival and the farmer's market were informed that they were not going to have access to the Plaza or Victoria park like they used to. So I thought I've got a little bit of audio here from that council meeting. Uh, What this bit is, this is when we find out that the folk fest was informed that they weren't going to have access to the park, possibly this year. And definitely from 2004, 2024, sorry, through to 2026. So three years. In other yeah. Words. Yeah. Um, Councillor uh, Stadnichuk, uh, the Folk Festival had come out to say, you know, if you're putting a if you're putting an arena in the downtown and if you put it next to Victoria Park, that construction could kick us out of the park. Uh, and that arena, its presence there could make it very difficult to run a folk festival, depending on how, you know, things are scheduled. So this is Councillor Stadnichuk asking about that. So the possibility of an arena displacing the folk fest. And the answer, we end up learning a whole bunch more. You talked about that the costs would be quite prohibitive if you had to move out of Victoria Park. Do you have any estimate of what that those costs might be the additional costs might be it's interesting you ask that because we we've only recently learned about these projects so we haven't had the opportunity to do a cost analysis okay yeah it was uh, actually a couple of weeks ago that uh, we were contacted by city administration about uh, some of these things that could affect us um, it was literally two weeks before our first announcement of our artists for this summer um, and uh, they're 
was a threat of us not being in the park this summer. Uh, so we're looking now to the future. We're working with the administration here, but there is a threat to us not being downtown for two years, uh, 24, 25, 26, so three years, uh, due to some construction that's going to be happening on 11th Avenue and uh, the movement of the buses. We're very thankful that the administration was able to work with us. We're still working with them right now to make sure that we can still have it in the park this summer. Uh, but in terms of the expense of it, uh, just focusing on electrical itself, the electrical is built into the park downtown for the size of stage we bring in. Uh, and uh, we would have to bring in generators that would have to run on diesel all weekend in order to have the festival in any other location. And we would need to uh, deal with the carbon footprint of that as well, as uh, that's important to us, our festival, it's part of our values. Uh, but also, we are in recovery mode right now. People are not attending events the way that they did pre-pandemic. They're not spending their money when they are at events the way they did pre-pandemic. And so we are in this recovery mode that's going to take a lot longer than a lot of other businesses will. And so this timing of a move right now, uh, when we're looking at deficit budgets and, and getting our deficit down over the next three to five years so that we can start making a surplus again, uh, is going to be substantial. Uh, upwards of six figures, I would say, uh, just to do the study, find the location, and uh, set it up for our needs. So what you heard there was Councillor Stanichuk asking, a friend of the show and, you know, CJT, formerly of CJTR, Amber Goodwin, mm -hmm. and yes. Josh Haugrid, who are now uh, running the Folk Festival, uh, responding to her questions. And so, yeah, they were talking about how they were just informed right before they were to announce their lineup for this year that... Uh, they may not Oof. be able to use the park. They were told at first this year. Now it looks like they will be able to use it this year, but definitely for the three years following. Yeah, that would, I mean, I can't imagine. I'm, I'm very glad that at least they were able to, you know, work with the city to make sure that it seems to have the festival in the park this year, because I, I don't know how they would survive from a blow like that, how right. they could actually have a festival. Yeah. You know, be able to plan one with with that kind of notice, uh, and and be able to come back for next year. Uh, I think it sounds to me. I mean, Josh just listed one expense there, but I mean, if there's a it's a massive undertaking because if you've been to the folk festival, you know how how much space it takes up, but the footprint, the number of people who come there, and uh, the number of acts that they they bring. It would be they would have to find. I mean. Maybe they could find, use the arena, but the arena won't exist at that point. So yeah. who knows? I uh, I spoke with the Farmer's Market and with the Folk Fest folks uh, after mm -hmm. this announcement uh, during the council meeting. And it sounds like uh, administration, uh, everybody was saying wonderful things about city administration doing a great job of sort of moving things around so that the Farmer's Market and the Folk Fest can go ahead this year where they normally do. Uh, I got a little bit more detail about what's causing this problem. I should mention we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Uh, so what's, what's happening? Uh, all we learned during that meeting was that something involving the 11th Avenue uh, reconstruction project, which starts this year, was 
causing a problem in the park, which didn't really make a lot of sense since it's happening a whole block away. Mm-hmm. And the Folk Fest was able to carry on in Victoria Park when 12th Avenue was being built, when the plaza was being built. They still had the Folk Fest for those three years. I think right. Yeah. Right. So wh- what I found out is uh, this year actually is really bad because there's not just the 11th Avenue work starting. Uh, also, Harvard, uh, we've, we talked about the Burns Hanley building uh, weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Harvard was uh, told they can't just knock down the Burns Hanley building. They have to take it down brick by brick and rebuild the facade uh, when Ooh. they build whatever they're going to build on that lot. As a consequence, they're <laughs> going to have a very significant construction project right there. And I guess it's Lawrence Street, which is right next to, uh, it's going to be, their construction is going to be going on right next to the plaza. All uh, right. Yes. Um, the 11th Avenue work, what that was causing is the buses were being rerouted. So they would be going right past Victoria Park. And uh, I heard 50 buses an hour would be going right past there. And I think they would be using the park for some, you know, bus transferring and stuff. So that would be less than ideal for the farmer's market and the Folk Fest. And then to top it all off, the city was basically informed that Sask Power is going to be doing underground work on the plaza. And I think they've started already. So what they're doing is, I don't know if this is a periodic thing or if something has come up, but they have to dig underneath the plaza and they have to check on where all of their infrastructure is. And if anybody mm-hmm. remembers that plaza project from when it was happening, yep. there, was a lot, there were lots of questions about where any of that stuff was. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have to periodically check to make sure that plaza goblins haven't moved their wires or something. Well, hopefully they took some notes on where things were located from last time. They, yeah. they, tore, they tore up that area. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. And then the other issue that's happening is with 11th Avenue, with the 11th Avenue work going on, uh, the the Folk Fest and the Farmer's Market rely on the mall as like an emergency escape place so that if like a massive thunderstorm or right. a hailstorm comes up, they have to be able to evacuate, especially the Folk Fest, thousands of people really uh-huh. quickly. And this is kind of a requirement of being able to put on an event like this is to have an emergency plan of that sort. And they kind of rely on the mall for that as their, their escape route. And uh, they're not going to have access to the uh, mall during this construction. Well, not easy access because it's going to be like the road is going to be frigging dug up. Mm-hmm. So because the 11th Avenue project is going on 2023 through to 2026, they've been told that this is going to like, you know, impede their ability to have like a functioning festival. And it's also like, that's that whole time, all of the buses are going to be going down by the park. So city administration has, apparently worked things out. So they've rerouted where they were going to reroute the buses. They have informed Harvard that they have to get their work done more quickly so that the uh, Folk Fest can carry on. And as I said, it looks, I was just on the plaza a few days ago and it looks like the, uh, I think they called it sunlighting or daylighting or something like that of the uh, infrastructure. It looks like it's already started. So they've already like pulled up a bunch of cobbles and have started digging through the sand. So hopefully Hmm. all that will get dealt with before these events start to take place. One thing we didn't get to in that clip from the, uh, the council meeting is Amber mentioning that if the Folk Festival has to move out of Victoria Park, that's going to require a ton of money on their part. They're going to have to make a huge investment in another location. 
mm-hmm. and it's going to have to be a location that you know is going to make for a really good festival. If they do that for three years, there's no guarantee they're coming back to downtown. I, that that is exactly what I was going to say. That does yeah. not, it does that sounds like a significant enough investment and in, like a money and effort that like you'd have to like like you'd have to like then like invest again and spend more time and money to move it all back. Um, yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, when the mayor was asked about this in the scrum, the press scrum after the meeting, uh, she said, you know, we want these things downtown. We're trying to revitalize our downtown. Yeah. So we don't want to displace these things. So we're going to work ever so hard to keep these things in place. But she also mentioned that we don't trump construction. No, not in this city. Yeah. So <laughs> this means that we're not going to, yeah, that this construction is going ahead and a plan has been put in place. How it's possible, like this is a thing that I don't understand and I haven't gotten any answers on yet, but how is it possible that the, like the, it's not like the Folk Fest and the Farmer's Market are new things. Like the Folk Fest has been in the park for 40 years, every mm-hmm. year. And how is it that they are just finding out this late in the game from city administration that their entire festival and the farmer's market's entire business are being thrown into this pandemonium uh, so late in the game? It's uh, kind of kind of mind-blowing that the city wasn't more on the ball about this and had these people at the table right from the beginning. But I guess uh, I, I can't even speculate on how this is happening the way it's happening. Yeah, you'd think, uh, well, you'd think that these people who use the park would be stakeholders mm-hmm. in the process. Yep. So if they're not the stakeholders, who are, is, is yeah. my question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I have some theories, but I'm not going to say them. <laughs> okay. uh, well, the other thing that was maddening about all this, like the Folk Fest pointed out that their economic impact on downtown is like, $3 million. And this was off an economic analysis they did in 2017. Uh, they haven't done one since then. That sounds low to me, considering the number of people that go yeah. into the downtown over that weekend. Uh, and I imagine it's higher. It would be higher now, you know, minus the pandemic. Their impact on the downtown economy is gigantic. Um, the farmer's market, I think similarly, like for bringing business into the downtown, like the farmer's market can't be beat during the summer. They bring so many people into downtown every weekend that it's warm. Um, And we're going to put all that into jeopardy. And I was flabbergasted by how many city councillors were referring to the farm uh, folk festival, sorry, as one weekend a year in the, and they would say it in the, well, you're just one weekend a year as though, because this was all in the context of discussing an arena and they're Mm -hmm. seeing this arena as some kind of like, you know, magic, Well, they kept calling it a silver bullet, which drove me nuts because silver bullets are used for killing werewolves. That's it. Well, maybe. End of story. Maybe that's what they want to use the arena for. Maybe it's a strategic like bulwark in the uh, ancient werewolf vampire war. Maybe that's a really good point. I hadn't considered that. And it would explain things because we've been seeing a lot more coyotes around town. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's now like a bounty out on coyotes. Right. And, you know, if they're wear coyotes, maybe we need a really big silver bullet in the middle of our downtown. Exactly. Maybe maybe they're going to make the arena entirely out of silver and yeah. then charge it with um, some kind of eldritch energy. Right. And uh, and send out a werewolf killing 
slash nullifying pulse. You know, Aiden, the stupidity here is that if they would say these things, if our city council literally <laughs> said the things you just said, I would be 100% on board. This show would be the why Regina should have a silver bullet stadium mm-hmm. show. That's all yes. it would be now. But they're, they, they haven't <laughs> done that. No, they, they've really, they, they, they've missed an opportunity, A, to finally take care of the werewolf problem. Right. Uh, but I think it's probably because they don't want to be seen as giving in to the vampires, even though we all know that vampires are the real power behind the throne. Yeah. Right. Uh, but still, I, I understand that. And uh, I just think they need to really uh, double down on the resources to take care of um, the, these, like the, the lycanthropes who are like yeah. upending our traditional ways of life. Right. But they can't be seen. It's very perspicacious of you that you pointed out that they can't be seen doing that because the werewolves and just lycanthropes in general really appeal to the lower classes. Mm -hmm. Right. We all know that they're like doing the bidding of vampires, but uh, yeah. Anyway. So it's, it's an ancient story. uh, Yes. That, that not many people in the city know about, even if they kind of know, like you, you see them out of the corner. Right? You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So that would be that would be great if if any of what we just were talking about was true. That would be delightful. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's not what council was like really concerned about. And well, darn. And as I said, the most disappointing thing is how uh, unfazed, unconcerned council seemed to be at the news that the folk festival and farmer's market were getting kicked out of the downtown they're trying to revitalize for three possibly four years council just seemed to be like "Eh, it's just a weekend it's just it's just some hippies with their veggies Eh." right well i think i think that's i think that's it a lot of i mean the councillors are they're not they don't live downtown they maybe maybe they don't participate in downtown life uh maybe they restrict their activities to their wards yeah. You know, around the city. Uh, so perhaps it isn't part of their lives the way it is for, say, you and I who enjoy mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, I, I think they under, I think having lived in other cities, most cities have events like this, annual events like this. Um, this is kind of like for Folk Fest uh, fans. This is kind of like a Christmas, right? Like it's one day mm-hmm. a year, or in this case, a weekend a year. But a lot of people will like design their summers around the Folk Festival. Right. And it's something that starting about now, when like the list of, of you know performers is announced, it's something that people talk about throughout the years. Like, oh, did you hear what's going to be playing at Folk Fest this year? Oh, did you get tickets? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the, it, like, I... Personally, I think a folk festival and a farmer's market are essential municipal infrastructure, and they should be treated like that. You take those things away, you kick them out of your downtown or, you know, whatever traditional place they're in. And I think you do a serious disservice to your populace and you really, really impede your city's ability to be a place that people want to live in. Yeah, I'm, I'm already I'm already kind of mourning the fact that I'm not going to be able to go to a downtown folk festival or pop by the farmer's market. Yeah. Um, Cause that's in summertime. That's where I do my shopping. Right. But most of my groceries are like produce and, and sundries from, from the farmer's market. Uh, so not having that available uh, in like an easily accessible location is a, is a real drag for me. Yeah. I, I have to say. So. And if, 
all I can say is like, make sure if everybody who's like going to the farmer's market this year and going to the folk fest, enjoy it. Cause this could be the last time either of those things are in our downtown. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if they want to make the downtown like more boring and just like a heap of like constant construction um, in a place that even more than usual, nobody actually wants to go to except to like run into their offices and out again, then good job. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You've got the downtown you want. Yeah. Revitalized downtown where nobody actually is interested in going, but there will yeah. be an arena yeah. to take oh. care of werewolves. Well, we should come back to that because we should run off to Innovative Revenue Tools then. Oh, indeed we should. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Uh-oh. I mean, oh, yes, yes. Innovative Revenue Tools. Those were great. Yeah. Uh, just to carry on what we were talking about before innovative revenue tools, uh, one thing that I think is very amusing um, throughout all this catalyst stuff, all of this downtown revitalization stuff, uh, everybody has like their little like pet ideas on how to you know fix the city. And um, so with the yards, there were like plans for how the yards was going to look in the Taylor field. There were plans for how those were going to look. And um, I went to an event at the, uh, the university of Regina last week that was put on by professor Vanessa Matthews from the geography department. Some of her students had come up with plans for how to fix scar street mall, because as everybody knows, there is, there are plans afoot to revitalize it that might result in uh, it being turned back into a traffic corridor. Uh, downtown. Uh, And this also, by the way, could be some of the construction over the next three years that might impede the ability of the Folk Fest and the farmer's market to carry on. Uh, So these kids talking about Scar Street had great ideas, you know, things like, you know, benches that swing and put in a fountain and having like play areas and, you know, a trail that like winds through Scar Street Mall instead of just a straight line. Um, Lots of really good ideas. But one of them that keeps coming up is farmer's market. And again, when they're talking, when the city talks about the yards or Taylor Field, they talk about building a home for the farmer's market. And it's interesting that the farmer's market never gets talked never get spoken to about any of these plans, but they're hmm. always this pawn in every single revitalization plan that the city comes up with. What can we do in the yards? Oh, we can put the farmer's market there. What can we do? I don't know, in Harbor Landing. Oh, we can put a farmer's market there. So there's this understanding of how important a farmer's market is and how much people like it and how essential it is to municipal life and urban life. Uh, and yet uh, it's, like all pawns, we're willing to just, you know, knock it over when strategy requires, when our construction strategy requires us to like, you know, just let the pawn die. Hmm. So anyways, uh, on that happy note that we may not be having a farmer's market or a folk fest downtown anymore. Uh, while we've been on hiatus, uh, council finished passing all the catalyst projects. Uh-huh. And this was all very exciting um, because like, I think we've I think we've had a meeting since uh, council passed the pool. So the pool, uh, they got their application in for the funding with the federal government and the provincial government on time. That will be going ahead at Taylor Field, assuming everything is okay, and it will include a geothermal plant to heat the building. Hmm. This is exciting. Uh, but they put off making decisions about any other catalyst projects that happened two weeks later at this council meeting we were talking about. Um, Now, it kind of like 
the the catalyst decisions the council made were not too terribly surprising. Uh, they said yes to the trail system that got voted on unanimously. Um, they said yes to modernizing. Sorry, the, the, lep- the leopard is ill. Um, <laughs> they uh, they said yes to the modernization for the central library plan, and they're just basically rubber stamping the recommendations that came out of the RPL board, which is to tear down the old library and build a new one. Hmm. Um, the other thing that they rubber that they said yes to is an arena, and uh, there was a motion though to change the definition of where it can go and so instead of it just being downtown they changed that to greater downtown where greater town town sorry where greater downtown equals downtown plus the yards so in any planning that the city is doing they're now going to be they will be able to consider the yards as a possible location for the arena. Now, this doesn't mean that the arena is going in the yards. Uh, Considering how quickly the mayor and Councillor Hawkins, two of the biggest boosters for putting the arena downtown, how quickly they rolled on this idea, there is no debate when the motion to expand the definition was made. I think they know that Mm -hmm. if they really want the arena right in the downtown, they're going to get their arena right in the downtown. So I don't think people should be considering this a big triumph if you're a uh, arena in the yards booster. Gotcha. But uh, the thing that that was really exciting, though, was the start of this meeting. Um, Councillor Nelson had asked for a survey to ask people what they thought about the arena idea. And, um, you know, there had been all these online polls and after that motion was made and passed, administration put up another one of these polls on Be Heard. And we, we went through it the last time we got together. And it just basically asked you, how did you feel about putting an arena downtown? What we didn't know is that administration, sneaky, sneaky administration, was running a telephone poll in the background while this was going on. Uh-huh. So they've referred to this as their scientific poll because they randomly selected a thousand phone numbers throughout the city, 100 from each ward and pulled the entire city. And now this is being spin a little differently than uh, I think maybe it warrants, but uh, the, the, the results of the survey kind of confirmed what we already knew, which is that by and large, Regina citizens don't want the arena downtown for whatever reason. Um, Their scientific phone poll uh, basically came out saying that 29% of people felt an arena was needed and should be downtown. 34% felt a new arena was needed, but it shouldn't be downtown. And then 30% said it's just not needed at all. This is being spun as you know, the question of where we should put the arena is split three ways. There's like, there's no consensus. There's like third, a third, a third, but two of those thirds. Two of those thirds don't want an arena downtown. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 The question of the location is only split three ways. If you consider that one of those ways is the void. (laughs) So in fact, what we have is like 60, um, what is it? 64% of people are saying that we just, don't need an arena in the downtown and only 29%. And like, that's the smallest of the, of the three thirds. That's the smallest third is the one that says we should put it downtown. Honestly, who, who like, I I just am trying to think about this. Mm -hmm. Who, when, when consulted, you know, asked, should an arena be downtown? I mean, who says, yes, that sounds like a good idea. Obviously a few hundred people who answered the phone thought that, Mm -hmm. 
but it is a bizarre notion. And if you just look at the downtown for a second, you'd be like, well, that's ridiculous. Um, I don't know. It, yeah. just, it just seems to me to be like such a self-evident. Yeah. Like, well, why do you think, think it's, why do you think it's self-evident? Because one of the things that keeps oh. coming up in all of this stuff is that the city has numbers saying that the downtown is the best place for economic lift. And they also have like these stats of like every city. If, you, if you're a city, if you're a real city and you're building an arena, you put it downtown. And then they list off all the cities that put an arena downtown. So like, the city just says, Aiden, you're wrong. So like, <laughs> yes. Why? Well, why, like, why? why do I think? Well, I don't have the benefit of, uh, of generate of that, you know, that large report that they generated, which yeah. I have read and I read some of, which did not change my mind. Yeah. Uh, for, for example, we know, and the report actually admits this, that other arenas placed in downtowns in similar jurisdictions have not been unqualified successes. Right. We know that already. Uh, and, and when they say things like, well, it worked in London, Ontario, I don't want to live in a city like London, Ontario. Thank you very much. That is not a flattering comparison. Yeah. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just say that much. Uh, but anyway, but just that quite beside the point. Uh, I think that there are some arguments for putting an arena downtown. I just don't think any of them are compelling enough to sway to sway my mind on this. Uh, the, the truth is that one of the things that Regina is really good at is going to the edge of our city and building developments and siphoning off like our tax dollars to build out infrastructure. They can do it for like, you know, suburbs the size of Moose Jaw. Why can't they do it for an arena where they can actually build out the parking, where they can build in the infrastructure and where, frankly, you don't have to deal with people's prejudices about coming downtown, where people in the city still believe that it's a dangerous place with no parking. Uh, but putting it on, I don't know, out by, say, Sherwood Park or Emerald City, I don't know, wherever, right? Yeah. Uh, or uh, off off of Harbor Landing. I'm just thinking, like, you know, out out on the edges. Like, what what's wrong with that? Annex, annex some one of those, like, annoying Rural municipalities just just take their land, funk an arena down. Why is this a difficult idea? Yeah. The only the only thing I can think of to have an arena downtown is it's a sheer vanity yeah. uh, on the part of the people who want it to happen. They want this city to have a profile with an arena on it. They want they don't want people. They want investment. They want to present. A, a fancy profile of the city to investors so they all spend their money. But that's not the economy. The, the economy is the things that we do. Uh, some investors are going, hmm, I guess it's a big city after all. That's not the... Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's those those are my... In a nutshell, that, those are my, my objections to having an arena downtown. If you need an arena, if you want an arena, I suppose we could have one. Just put it in a place that makes a lick of sense. Yep. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. I like, oh, and not around a bunch of one way streets. Like, what is wrong with you people? Right. Yeah. What is like, we like, we already, we're already struggling in this downtown to actually have sort of traffic flow and pedestrian and business flow, pedestrian flow to like benefit businesses. Like, for example, like, like in Halifax, you have, say, Restaurant Row, which was a great success. 
that's very difficult to make anything like that happen in Regina downtown because it's just, everything is just spaced and apportioned very strangely. And I can't see how putting a gigantic block of, of arena in there is going to help. It's just more bad feng shui. That's all I can say. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And the, the one way street thing, just as an aside, like page one, of the downtown neighborhood plan said, get rid of all the one ways, turn every <laughs> downtown street into a two way. And they managed to get 11th converted into a two way. Mm-hmm. And then they did that bizarre mm-hmm. thing that they did with um, 12th Avenue, the uh, plaza where oh, you, yeah. you, can, you have to like, you, you can't go straight through for ridiculous reasons. So yeah. yes, um, the one ways are, they, they should have been gone you know, over 10 years ago, we should have gotten rid of them, but we cling to them because they were like slightly confusing to people that they couldn't drive the way they always used to. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, traffic engineers still love one ways. And, you know, here we are in the 21st century and uh, we're clinging to those one ways downtown. Those are, yes. But, and this also is just par for the course with our city. Like a lot of smaller Canadian cities, they love jumping on trends that, yeah have been abandoned in larger cities a decade ago. It's like people talk about like us being sort of similar to, so I don't know, like medicine hat or whatnot. Try like Prince George, BC, that a similar place that like yeah. went in for like, Oh, one ways angle parking, blah, blah, blah. And just similarly found it to be uh, unworkable nonsense. Yeah. But we're still there. So. Yeah. It's uh it's frustrating. Personally, I'm like, I'm not as, uh, I'm not so opposed. Like, I like the idea of the greater downtown. I think if we're going to build the arena, we should build it in the yards. Um, a, dr- a bunch of drunken hockey fans or, I don't know, a bunch of uh, drunken adult contemporary music fans for getting out of a John Prine show or wh- whoever, like, is passing through here to play their, like, uh, their nostalgia rock in our arena. Okay. I, I would I would go see a John Prine, but that's... But yeah, but your point okay. is well taken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those people, like the the the, the um, warehouse district, that's the crowd they want, yeah, right? Sure. And, you know, if it's only 100 days a year that they get that, that's 100 more days a year that the yeah. uh, that the nightclubs and the bars are going to be like packed with people. And that, that's just great. And that's the thing. Those are all bars and those are things that go well with, yeah. with an arena, right? Like night, like it, it would, I mean, it, it might increase you know, the attendant problems with you know, yeah. lots of drunk people, but nightlife and sporting events, uh, good mix. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. One of the things that came up in this catalyst report, um, there were three locations downtown that they're considering for an arena and they didn't decide the, the, the committee could not come to an agreement on what would be the best location. Uh, these locations were supposed to be secret. They weren't supposed to be like released to the public ever because, you know, to avoid speculators buying up the land, but right. they, I don't know if this is an accident, but there is a chart inside the catalyst report that names the streets that each of these locations were on. So the top one was 12th Avenue. Mm-hmm. The second was uh, broad street. And the third was SAS drive. And there are pictures architectural drawings well sketches really right. of what these arenas could look like and one of them is very clearly on 12th avenue across the street from the downtown library right kitty corner to the plaza the other drawing uh, in there is very clearly on broad street next to the parking garage on rose on again i think it's 12 12th avenue that that fronts mm. onto 
So those drawings are in there. So we now know where two of those locations are of the other drawings of like a potential uh, Regina arena. I couldn't tell if any of them were on SAS drive. They actually looked like they were in the arts, to be honest. But what was striking about these pictures that they had in the um, catalyst drawings, these are like, these are sketches, right? Like it's like you, you, you hand a person with drawing skills, a piece of paper and say, well, sketch what an arena would look like at this location. And they could have done anything, right? Like they could have drawn anything you can imagine for an arena. Right. But what they did is you have like on each, each of the drawings that are downtown, you have a very interesting entryway. So the one next across from the library has like those heritage buildings. Those are just facades now that would actually form the entrance into your arena. The one on Rose street has a big, like cut. Well, actually like it fronts onto broad and and 12. And so it has a big cutout corner. That's like this big grand entryway. And the rest of these friggin' buildings are just long blank walls. So going North from the library, you would just have like an entire block of walls on both sides of the street, actually, because that, the other side of the street would be those uh, Sastel buildings that are just big blank walls. So there would be, this, this would just create this, like these impossible uh, pathways. Like the, people don't want to walk a full city block. That's just blank dead walls. It's like intimidating and um, sinister and boring and ugly. Yeah, it, it is, it is probably the least attractive sort of front you can find in like a, a street front you can find in a city. Yeah. And so this would create this, this would create like more barriers to North-South traffic from 12 to 11, which, you know, places like Mortis and Tenon and Norwood and Tiki Room are already suffering because, you know, they're kind of like one block North of where the action is in our downtown mm-hmm. and the cure too would also be. And uh, like the cure would be on the other side of this arena. And, I don't think our downtown can handle more blank north-south blocks than it already has. And yet, even when they could have put anything there, they could have put like a row of shops that were, you know, embedded into your arena, or they mm-hmm. could have put, I don't know, a freaking like gigantic aquarium on top of it. They didn't even do that, right? Like they just drew a blank friggin' wall, which just kind of like tells you what an arena really is, right? Like you can't build these things to be to create an interesting street streetscape. Right. Like you'll, you'll notice that, you know, like mosaic stadium mm-hmm. is, is, is set. I mean, is near the downtown, but it's sort of set off away from, from everything else. Yeah. Um, and remember the original, original Taylor field, of course, like, and I've said this before on the show, everything around neighborhoods around stadiums just wither. Yeah. Because nobody wants to live there. Property values plummet. And, and it's just, and it's just like a really bad deal. I don't know what it does for business property values, um, so I, I can't I can't really speak to that. But I de- I doubt we're going to get a lot of great businesses popping up like bordering this this stadium. So I don't know. You I'm asked. Just, I'm hoping not. Yeah. Asked. yeah. You asked what kind of people would see this as a good idea. Well. Uh, for change, um, you know, when, when I found out there were like 30 people who were going to be speaking, uh, about the stadium or sorry, the arena at this council meeting, um, you, I kind of assumed it was just going to be a whole bunch of, uh, you know, squeaky wheels, 
But it turns out that about half of the people who came out to speak, maybe even more, like one or two more than half, were there to speak in support of the arena downtown. The interesting thing about them all, though, was that if you look, you know, even like do the briefest Google search of their backgrounds, uh, there were like people who like, you know, just announced that, you know, they work for Harvard. They work for Dream Developments. They work mm-hmm. for the Regina Downtown Business Improvement District. Um, but any of the people who didn't actually announce, they just said, oh, I'm a Regina resident. If you looked up their name, uh, they all came from that pedigree of, you know, mm-hmm. working for the bids, working for large developers or property owners or um, you know, companies that sit on the boards of any of these things. So these were not disinterested people who were speaking up, which, you know, fair enough, right? Like the people who come out to say, we don't want to read downtown. They typically live downtown or near downtown or have some affection for downtown. And so they don't want to see that built there. So they're, you know, they're interested parties as well. But I I found it interesting that these people were, their interest wasn't so much about, uh, it's not about livable downtown, but about making money off downtown. Thank you. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And many of the people, especially, you know, many of the people, uh, I don't, they don't live downtown. Maybe they were, maybe they have an office downtown. I don't even know if they work downtown. Some Mm -hmm. of them I know for a fact don't actually even live in the city. So, (laughs) uh, they may have a residence here. So this, these these are not people whose interest in downtown is exactly as you say, like making it livable. They're more about uh, the finance of it, and it's it's interesting to see how those two different perspectives on uh, city building lead to completely diametrically opposed positions Precisely. on a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I don't I don't even think I mean, some might be tempted to say that they're that like with well, those people, their positions would be cynical or even sinister. Right. I don't think so. They, but for people, for people whose whose like life and work involves real estate speculation, development, uh, moving large sums of money around between themselves and and friends. Um, they, I mean, I'm sure they genuinely believe that that is necessary for the economic engine of the city, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it has its place, but. Like I said before, economy is what people do, and municipal governments should bear that in mind and maybe have a sort of a and not just be so credulous. Mm-hmm. I think with the promises of speculators, consultants, and developers, uh, and so willing to believe that what they deem good is good for the people who have to live in the lands they buy and the buildings that they put up and the arenas yeah. that they plop down disrupting things for years yeah. uh, in a downtown that that uh, they don't know or love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the survey that came out uh, basically saying, don't put it downtown, but slightly less stridently than their online surveys uh, is interesting <laughs> that um, it's because it's a hundred people from each ward, it very much weights the suburbs uh, on this. And these are people who don't have a direct interest in the outcome. Um, but I think more importantly is the people who came out to say the downtown, the, like, and they they were quite frank that the downtown is broken, it's boring, it's it's dead. It needs it needs something to to give it a kick in the butt, to you know give it that shot in the arm, to mm-hmm. really 
kickstart it into the 21st century and make it a vibrant and exciting place that people are going to want to invest in. These are not people who have been excluded from the discourse of municipal development ever. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> these are the people who've been making the decisions right down to one of the, uh, one of the communications that was submitted uh, to this meeting was from Jason Carlston of dream developments, who used to be the director of development of the city of <laughs> the city of Regina at a time when the downtown plan was being written, the OCP was being written. Jason Carlston was in charge of these documents and he had been working at the city for ages and had an opportunity as a civil servant to revitalize downtown. And he left to go work for dream and is now saying, you know, something's wrong with our downtown. We need to fix it with a stadium. And it's like, yeah, Jesus, dude, <laughs> look in the mirror. Wow. So, yeah, these people have been making all the decisions about downtown. Right. Harvard's been, you know, involved in this. The bids have been involved in this. Everything that's gotten us here and our city council and administration, everything that's gotten us here, you can like track back and it goes back to like decisions that council made with influence from the development community because they're always consulted as stakeholders. And so they created this monster that they want to kill now with a stadium. And I don't know why we're being told that they're right this time when they've been wrong every other time in the past. Right. This, this time for sure. Yeah. Does bullwinkle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just listen to the people who got us into this mess who say that this time they have the solution, yeah. even though it's the more of the same somehow magically. Yes. Yeah. Some, this being some, maybe not a silver bullet, but a magic bullet. Yeah. Uh, and I think the fact that people were using the, well, misusing the term, but meaning magic bullet tells you just how, just how bereft of any ideas they are for this. Yeah. Because a stadium or an arena is, is not going to be a magic. It's going to be a bunch of construction. And then it's going to like just slowly leech taxpayer money for decades. That's what it will do. And, and there will be a few sports events and small concerts sort of thrown in there as well. Yep. So, yep. and because like they're going to build it, right? Like I, I have no faith in them even actually like pondering for a second, putting it in the yards or anywhere else for that matter. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get an announcement before the end of this year that there will be uh, some money or some in-kind contribution from the province to support the construction of a stadium. I don't have any insider knowledge to suggest that. This is just a guess, um, a prediction, let's say. Uh, and it will rapidly be decided on a downtown location. Um, there's not going to be a plague of frogs when this thing gets built. <laughs> You know, like it didn't, the negative impacts of something like this are going to take, you know, a generation to sort of kick in as, you know, residential development. Like basically all the all the livability stuff starts to flee the environs of this yeah. stadium uh, arena, sorry. And all you get in, play, in its place are a couple of sports bars that stick around for a few years and die. Um, so but because there won't be a plague of frogs, the people who build the arena and pour millions of dollars into making it look busy for the first five years Precisely. are going to claim that they're vindicated and that all of the skeptics were wrong. But as we've seen with the stadium, it just takes a bit of time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what do they care? They got, wow, I, I, I remember when I said I didn't want to be imputing cynical motives or sinister motives. But really, like. 
they get their money. What do they care after that? Yes. Like, like, like we said, they don't live downtown or even in the city in some cases. You know, what is it to them? Yeah. Anyways, we have hit the limits of our time. Wow. Okay. And I've kind of hit the limits of my patience. So Ooh. at the same well, time. Well, I'm sure that our, <laughs> at our next meeting, there will be, uh, everything will be good. Nothing, nothing to try our patience then. Oh, that's awesome. All yeah. right, then. Uh, then I, in that case, I, uh, I move to adjourn. I second that motion. All right. Motion is passed. You've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Uh, are your hosts are Paul Deschen and Aiden Morgan. Music by Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Queen City IB, on our website, queencityib.com, and, of course, at cjtr.ca slash podcasts. Uh, we are broadcast from Thursday Thursday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. And we broadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, also, um, we didn't mention this, but there is a membership drive going on. Uh, so we should probably be a member. Be a member. That's all we can say of CJTR. Uh, yeah. Coming up next, programming, music. It never ends. Keep on improving, Regina. Regina.